Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Well, awesome. Oh, my goodness. Well, good evening, everybody. Make note of the time, because I'm going to try to make sure that you guys are out on time. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. It's been a good Wednesday. I always like midweek services, because it's like, it's like an energy drink for the week, right? Like, Sunday was awesome, and you're, like, pumped and ready to you know, hit the ground running, and then maybe, like, you hit a slump. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I hit a slump, and I listen to worship music and get excited. Do you guys get in a slump sometimes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, consider this, hopefully, your five-hour energy for the rest of the week, your spiritual five-hour energy. (laughs) Um, Well, let's get right into it. I am going to actually be talking about unbroken fellowship tonight, and so everybody say, ooh, Ah, (laughs) unbroken fellowship. And that's just like another way to say like intimacy with the Lord. So before I do that, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come and receive a five-hour energy shot from you, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you would just speak to the hearts of every person in this room, every personal situation that I may not be privy to, but you know, you know all things, you see all things. You know how everyone is doing and how everyone is not doing even. And I just ask that through your kindness, you would meet your people here tonight. And I just thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Okay, so unbroken fellowship. I have like one point and maybe like a sub point for all my note takers. My first point is we ought to live in unbroken fellowship with the Father. If you want to write that down. Um, and I came, this came about because I just, I really am kind of burdened for people, um, well, for people for one, but also for people to kind of live out their full potential. And I've been seeing in my very short like time in ministry, it's been maybe five or six years that I've been in ministry, I think. 2012 to 21. We won't do math now. But in my time, in my short time of being in ministry, I just kind of noticed that there is kind of a lapse in, or a gap, if you will, in people's understanding about what it means to uh, walk with the Lord and have intimate fellowship with him. Because you see people come into these awesome like revival services and get so touched by God and they're like wrecked and they're ready to take on the world. But then you see them outside of the four walls of the church and they're living carnally, which for those of you who don't know, um, being carnally minded just means that you're living like you are not saved, like you don't know the Lord and you take on the world's ways of doing things rather than taking the word's ways. Does that make sense? So you see people living this life that they don't have to be living, you know, and it's like, okay, but I just saw you in this service where God touched you so extravagantly, so what is the disconnect? And I really believe that 
there is not unbroken fellowship. That's the issue, right? And even for some people, it goes a little bit further. Like you're in service and you're crying. You're like, God, my life is yours. God, I love you. I'll do every, anything I can for you. And then they go and they sin. Ouch, right? That's hard. The heart of the father is grieved by that. And so I wanted to teach a little bit about that, talk a little bit about that, because I really do believe that this is something that I live out in my, my life pretty well. And it took me a long time to be able to say that with confidence, but the Lord has been talking to me about being okay and owning the fact that we are gifted with something or that we're overcoming in an area. Why? So that you can help others overcome. So uh, let's turn to 1 John chapter 3, because I was like, well, where should I start in talking about unbroken fellowship? And I figure talking about, you know, John or seeing what John had to say would be really important because I think this is right. Um, Pastor, nod at me if I'm wrong, Pastor Caitlin. But I think this is the same John who also wrote the book of Revelations, right? He's John the Revelator. Yes, he is. All my Bible scholars, thank you. So um, 1 John, oh, I'm in the wrong. Oh, there we go. I'm in the right translation. And starting in verse, I think I wrote three. Yeah, starting in verse three. It says, here's how we can be sure that we've truly come to know God if we keep his commands. If someone claims I have come to know God by experience, which what is by experience? That's like in services. I have experienced the presence of God. I know him. I know him because I've experienced him. But it says, I have come to know God by experience yet doesn't keep God's commands. He is a phony and the truth finds no place in him. But the love of God will be perfected within the one who obeys God's word. We can be sure that we've truly come to live in intimacy with God, not just by saying, I am intimate with God, but by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. So uh, everything that I was just talking about, like living a carnal lifestyle, but and having this gap in your understanding that you need to live in unbroken fellowship with the Lord, like that's all that this is talking about. And we don't wanna be people that say, I've experienced God, I've experienced God, but then you walk away and you don't live out how Jesus calls us to live out. And when you think of like living like Jesus, uh, let's say to an extreme, like what do you think of? Just talk to me, that's fair. Say, what do you think of when you think of living like Jesus? Loving, that's good. Healing, laying hands on the sick, watching them recover. That's the word. That's good. Anything else? The promise of glory. Okay, Christina, that's good. It's true. All these things, being truthful. Yes. And that even brings me to my next thing. Believers ought, who are living in unbroken fellowship with the Lord ought to be so good at resembling the fruits of the spirit or living out the fruits of the spirit. And what are those? They're love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faith, and self-control. But if you are not living out these things, or if you are in unbroken fellowship with the Lord, you can find yourself doing every spiritual thing that you can think of, but you're not actually communing with the father. I'm going to say that again, because it's super important. 
You can do every spiritual thing, show up to every service, come and and be wherever spirituality is happening and yet leave with your heart untouched. Why? Because there's there's a disconnect. Maybe you're serving or coming to, to draw from the well from a place of, I love God. I love God so much. I love him so much rather than, man, he loves me so much. I want to be where he's telling me to be. I want to know where the grace of God is drawing me because guess what? When you're in unbroken fellowship with the Lord, he doesn't lead you astray. He doesn't lead you in the wrong spot. And sometimes, you know, things happen and we break commitments to, that, we've, that we've said that we're going to do. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be there for you or I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve at this time, I'm gonna do these certain things. But if it's happening all the time, maybe it's, it's a, an area of like, okay, God, I keep having this thing where I'm not keeping my word, or I keep having this thing where I keep walking into sin, or I'm not loving people how I ought to love them. What am I missing? Where is the gap in my fellowship with you? And when you're able to ask him that, maybe he'll tell you, like, hey, instead of trying to go to these services, instead of trying to do all the spiritual things, and I'm saying services, like, very loosely, like, this is this not shade at anybody, because, listen, like, I love Freedom Crusades, and I, I go to those services because I, too, need to be uh, supercharged, right? However... That may not be how the Lord wants our unbroken fellowship to happen. We have to be in constant communication because he may say, hey, instead of going to that thing or going out of town to that service or that conference, I'd like you to just sit with me. I have things that I want to get to you that I don't necessarily want you to be involved in that. I want you here so I can talk to you face to face. That's unbroken fellowship. And it may not look super spiritual, right? But who cares? Am I right? I mean, if we're living a life with Christ, it doesn't matter what people are thinking, how you look. What matters is what you're hearing and your obedience. Do you know that God's not gonna say to you when he's looking at your entire life, when you stand before him, did you go to those services? Did you check off those religious boxes? No, I, I always go back to Mary and Martha. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and just wants to drink in everything that he has to say, hanging on his every word, while Martha is like, let me just clean. Come on, Mary, we gotta dust the shutters. The savior of the world's in the room. Come on, do something. But Jesus corrects her in his kindness, right? It wasn't like, oh, Martha, girl, you missed it. No, he was still intimate with her. He still loved on her and said, hey, you know what? Mary has actually picked the better portion. And I almost see Jesus like saying, hey, Mary, let's make room for Martha so she can choose the better portion as well, right? Because Jesus is not, he's not condemning. But anyway, oh, my sub point, I was gonna say, we all, so the first point is we ought to live in unbroken fellowship with with the Father. And my sub point would be, everyone's fellowship looks different. Now, this is super important too, because um, in this season of my life, this is also why this was so on my heart, because in this season of my life, Caitlin spilled the beans, right? The Lord told me that my word for the year is stillness. (sighs) That word. I don't like being still very often uh, because I I just know that God's on the move. He's got things to accomplish. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? Like all those awesome things. 
Um, and it's all still true, but it is all still true within my stillness. And so my unbroken fellowship with the father looks like being home with my baby and taking care of her and taking time. I think I told somebody, I was like, yeah, my time with the Lord looks really, really kind of helter-skelter. My intimacy with the Father is just really different. Like if I get to get a chance to take a shower, I'm like praying and like communing with the Lord or I'll put on a worship song. It's like any moment that I have that's free, I'm like thinking about the word, right? Which is Joshua 1.8. It says to meditate on these things day and night to keep the word before you. Or I'm on my phone, like in between like changing her diaper or her napping. I'm looking at the word. Why? Because I want to continue to have unbroken fellowship. And why is that so important? Besides the obvious things, right? Besides like we should just want to be with the Lord. Um, Because whenever life gets tough, how many of you have had life get tough on you? Anybody? Okay. If all of you are not raising your hand, you lied in church. I'm just kidding. But that's great. That's great. We all know that life gets tough. It gets difficult sometimes. So if you're having unbroken fellowship with the Father, guess what will happen during those tough times? Rather than co-signing with the lie that you're not going to get through it, that God's not going to be faithful, that you're not going to see this thing through, you're going to be able to say, no, God, no, God, I know you. I know your word. I know you're faithful and you are going to help me get through this thing whatever it is, and even for myself. And I'm not saying that you even have to be perfect at this, but I really believe that we ought to be at a place where we're constantly thinking like, how can I better my intimacy with the Father? Because even just last week, Andrew and I were looking over our budget and how many know finances are just stressful sometimes, or they can be. (laughs) That's my friend back there raising her hand. Amen, Pastor Caitlin. Nobody else, huh? Nobody. Okay, there we go. Yes, finances are stressful. Things get difficult. So we're like kind of looking over some things and just we just had a stressful moment. And Andrew, uh, he like went to go do something for our other, for, for Adia or something, I think. And in that moment, I was so like taken over with like heaviness about this situation. But I got really quiet and I got really inward and I, and I just picked up my phone and I went to the Bible app and I went, I pulled up Matthew 6.33. And it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these less important things will be added unto you. And I said, God, I know your word. I know what your word says. I know that I'm faithful to your kingdom. So you're going to be faithful to me. See, that is a result of unbroken fellowship because in the middle of a storm and chaos and oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to get still. And I'm going to allow what's already been sown into me, what I've already been putting into myself, what I've allowed the Lord to pour into me, I'm going to allow that to come out. There's a saying that somebody used to say, like, garbage in, garbage out. Glory in, glory out. You know? So if you're filling yourself up with the glory of the Lord, with his word, and you're taking time to be in his presence, outside of these four walls, I'm talking in your car, in the bathroom, whatever, however you need to get that unbroken fellowship, what's going to come out of you in hard situations. Whenever your mouth wants to run with words that it ought not say, if you're having unbroken fellowship with the Father, you won't do that. You won't, be, you won't succumb to that. Is this good for anybody? Yeah. I also wanted to talk about, um, uh, let's go to Ephesians 2.9. And this is also in the Passion for you, Caitlin. Oh, 
Oh yeah. I was like, why did I want to talk about this? But I remember now. So also the other reason that you want to have unbroken fellowship that's not based on works. That's not based on, I got to do this. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do so that God will be happy with me so that God will provide for me so that God will come through. Uh, I just want to remind everybody Ephesians 2, 9. And it says, so no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Let's read that again. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never, never a reward for good works or human striving. So that means there's not a thing that you could have done. There is not a religious obligation you could have checked off that would have qualified you for the blood of Jesus. Now, if that is true, then when you strive and when you disobey where God's called you to be in your other places, guess what you're trying to do? You're calling God a liar and saying the blood wasn't strong enough. It was not enough of an atonement. I need to do this thing so that I can get this religious token or this accolade. Indirectly, that's what we tell the father. And I don't, I don't think you want to do that. Do you want to do that? I don't want to do that either. So just being, saying, okay, because... I think another thing that sometimes I struggle with, right? Like here's some personal testimony is that like, man, God, I want to do more for you. Like I want to do more for you. But then it has to be the question like, well, why? Why do you want to do more for me? Is it because you love me? Right, that's the father asking me, having me check my own heart. Is it because you love me or is it because you're going to be seen by man? Yikes. If you're doing anything to be seen by man, it's wrong. It's wrong. The Father wants all of you, wherever you are, however you are, and it's not like a, a tit-for-tat thing, like, oh, I come and serve a church, God blesses me. Oh, I'm loving to my wife, God blesses me. No, that's not it. And another thing, too, like, I really am just harping on, like, people, like, serving outside of the church because I think that that's, like, a really big issue as well about unbroken fellowship. And so I wanted to read to you, how many of you guys know the love chapter? <laughs> it's a tough one. How many of you are like, yeah, it's hard to walk in love sometimes? Not all the time, but sometimes, right? Yeah. And I think it was like two, maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago, um, I was just like, man, Lord, I, don't, I can't even hardly remember what the love chapter says. I mean, I know like love is patient, love is kind, it's not envious, it doesn't boil over with jealousy, da, da 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 all those great things. But then I went back and I read it in this, uh, it's a devotional called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, and it's by Rick Renner. If, listen, if you don't have this book, you should get it and volume two, because it's phenomenal. He takes the scriptures from the New Testament, and he utilizes his knowledge of the Greek language to say what it really says, like the expounded version. And he takes, he takes into account like the, the culture of the time and things like that. It's really cool. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, the expanded version. It says, Love patiently and passionately bears with others for as long as patience is needed. Love doesn't demand others to be like itself. Rather, it is so focused on the needs of others that it bends over backwards to become what others need it to be. Love is not ambitious, self-centered, or so consumed with itself that it never thinks of the needs or desires that others possess. 
Love doesn't go around talking about itself all the time, constantly exaggerating and embellishing the facts to make it look more important in the sight of others. Love does not behave in a prideful, arrogant, haughty, superior, snooty, snobbish, or clannish manner. Love is not rude and discourteous. It is not careless or thoughtless, nor does it carry on in a fashion that would be considered insensitive to others. Love does not manipulate situations or scheme and devise methods that twist situations to its own advantage. Love does not deliberately engage in actions or speak words that are so sharp they cause an ugly or violent response. Love does not deliberately keep records of wrongs or past mistakes. Love does not feel overjoyed when it sees an injustice done to someone else, but is elated, thrilled, ecstatic, and overjoyed with truth. Love protects, shields, guards, covers, conceals, and safeguards people from exposure. Love strains forward with all its might to believe the very best in every situation. Love always expects and anticipates the best in others and the best for others. Love never quits, surrenders, and never gives up. Love never disappoints, never fails, and never lets anyone down. So when you hear that, you're like, oh, I am not walking in love. I know for myself, I'm always like, oh, I need to fix myself. <laughs> but rather than saying, oh, I need to fix myself, our attitudes, our posture should be, Jesus, help me with this. God, help me with this so I can be more like you, so I can love more like you. So now that we have talked about like, you know, what living in unbroken fellowship looks like, I want to talk about what the fruit of un- unbroken fellowship looks like. So my first one for this is an identity founded in him. You're secure. You're satisfied, but with an unquenched curiosity for more. That is the fruit of unbroken fellowship, that you, ha- you know who you are in Christ. Nobody can tell you different. No old uh, thinking or old mindsets can keep you down because you're like, no, I know. I know who I am. And I know who I am because I commune with love every day. I talk to the Father every day. I live in his presence and his presence walks with me. Right? And you're satisfied. And I almost hate using the word satisfied because it means that like no more can come in, but that's why I added the with a quench with an unquenchable curiosity for more. Like God, I'm settled with you and and what you say about me and who you say that I am, but I want to know more of you. I want to know more about you, right? The second point would be or the second fruit would be the sin issue is eradicated. Now, what I mean by this is that, you know, and sin looks different for every person. I'm not going to pretend that every person in this room is like just out there sinning because I know that that's not the truth. But what's sin for myself is not going to be sin for Andrew Pineda. What's sin for Miss Eileen may not be sin for Daniel. Now, of course, I'm not talking about like the Ten Commandments and things that like the word talks about love shouldn't do. Like obviously murder is sin, killing people is sin, okay? Adultery is still sin, okay? But I don't mean like major things. Um, But also the Lord does take care of the major things when you're living in unbroken fellowship with him. And when you are living in unbroken fellowship with the Father, like you don't want to sin. You don't even think about sin. You think about, you think about the Father and you want to be in his presence and you don't want to do anything that causes you to have separation from him. 
And what is sin at its base? It's separation from the father. And you're even aware that like, oh, like, oh, I'm not going to do that because that would cause me to live in a place that is back away, backed away from the father, which if you, did you know that when people say, oh, I've backslidden, it doesn't mean that you just super fell off the wagon. It means that you've taken a step back from where you were at with the Lord. And whenever you repent, guess what happens? You get right back in fellowship with him. You get back in right standing with him. And again, I really want to stress that this is not like a, a mar- this is not like a, you know, a sprint. It's a marathon. You're constantly every day aware of your need for the Father. You're constantly aware of your need for the Holy Spirit to come up, to come in and to shake up some things. Because how many of you know, like every single person here, like your past is different. Like you've had different hurts. You've had different, you have different scars. Maybe you have some different baggage that you have not fully allowed the Lord to take. So that's a gap in your fellowship. There's some, there's some broken pieces in your fellowship. But I would encourage you tonight, and uh, cutie pie over there, you can get on your guitar. Um, I would encourage you tonight to really like look in, inward. And when I say look inward, I just mean to, to get quiet and to ask the Father, ask the Lord, like, Lord, where have I, where have I gotten into some unbroken fellowship with you? I know that there's a place that I want to be with you. So what's keeping me from that? It could be trauma, like past trauma. How many of you know that like trauma is a real thing and God cares about your trauma? God cares about the things that you've been through. And if it's keeping you from living in, living in unbroken fellowship with him, he wants to take care of it. Now, I will say that I know that the Lord can heal miraculously right here and right now. But I also know that sometimes it's a walk with him. It's a journey. It's one step at a time. It's one step of obedience at a time. And so um, why don't you all like bow your heads and close your eyes just to give everyone in the room some privacy. (sighs) Father God, we just, we love you so much. I love you so much. And I'm so thankful for you and what you say about me and our relationship. And I ask, Father God, that you would just begin to speak to every person in this room. God, would you just begin to reveal to your sons and daughters like where there is a gap in their fellowship with you? Maybe it's a thing that you keep asking for us not to do and it keeps happening. Maybe it's some old lies that were spoken over over you. Whatever it is, I just encourage you tonight that it doesn't have to be the same. You don't have to leave the same way. So Lord, I just thank you that as you're showing your, your sons and daughters the lies or the trauma or the things that have been keeping them from you, I ask that you would then go and show them how loved they are by you. Speak your love to them. I thank you that your presence would come in so strongly. There would be no mistaking that it is your presence, that it is you speaking, that it is you that they're experiencing. And I rebuke all condemnation right now in the name of Jesus. Your word says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So I thank you, Lord, that there is no shame because you took that on the cross. So we don't have to have shame. 
Just thank you. Thank you, Lord. You're so good, God. Yeah, and if you, if you would say, like, the Lord showed me something and I want to get prayer for it, would you just raise your hand? Nobody looking around. Awesome. Thanks. I see those hands. <laughs> I'd invite you to come. To come to the front. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to have our prayer partners come and pray too. That'd be awesome. Because listen, the Lord desires to live in unbroken fellowship with you. It is his heart. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. Thank you, Jesus. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. And I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out and remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. Since there's no one that maybe needs prayer other than JD, and you can, can you come and see Mr. Doug and Miss Eileen? Let's get that taken care of. I invite you guys to just stand with me. Let's go ahead and worship the Lord. It's so good to know that you are in a place where you're living in unbroken fellowship with him, but I would encourage you to, to stay the course, stay with it, to get before the face of God. Joshua 1.8 talks about, about meditating on the word day and night, getting into the word, figuring out what it is that he says about you and living that out to its fullness, in its fullness. Um, yeah. So let's worship him.
Touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Sing that with me. There is none like you. Touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. None like you, none like you, Lord. All the earth and all of heaven, there's none like you.
All right. Well, I know that they're still ministering, which is totally fine. But how many of you guys got something out of tonight? Anybody? Yes? Good? Good? Feeling good? Do you feel like that was like five-hour energy worthy? Yes. Cool. Mission accomplished. <laughs> well, um, that is all we have for you guys tonight. And you are officially dismissed. We will see you on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. So let's go love God, love people, and lead well.